What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Founder Hour Podcast. This is your co-host, Posh. I'm Pat. Our first After Hours episode of 2020. You made it. We made it. We're here. What's going on, Pat? Not much, man. You know, it's been a good year so far. Yeah. Had some awesome guests. Oh, yeah. Got some big, big ones coming up. Big year. We, I feel like we always say this, but we really do have some big ones coming up, which I mean, every we're time really we do this, we're just about. getting bigger and bigger. We're the biggest podcast in the world, <laughs> at least in our world. Yeah. Yeah, we're officially the biggest podcast in the world, dude. How do you feel about it? Uh, honestly, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, no, yeah, we got some exciting guys, uh, guests coming up. Uh, folks that we've been working on for a couple years now, since we started. Yep, yep. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, be on the lookout. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter um, if you haven't and to, you know, find out some updates on that stuff. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to start off by saying something. So um, today, Jeff Bezos um, announced something, a big, big announcement. Uh, it's called the Bezos. Wait, what is it called? It's called the... What is it called? I just saw it somewhere. Yeah. It's called the Bezos Earth Fund. Bezos Earth Fund, right? And basically what it is, well, recently, like, after all these articles come out about how rich he is and him buying a house in LA with, for, like, I don't know, $160 million or $30 yeah. million or something. dollars, $165 million. Um, he's been called out left and right on social media about, like, why aren't you doing anything to help? climate change yeah. and x y and z and i'm sure this is something he's been working on for a while so i don't think it was a reaction to that um to those uh people but um he launched the bezos earth fund which he's committing 10 billion 10 billion dollars to start um basically funding uh initiatives mm. uh funding scientists activists nonprofits, uh folks who are helping to try and solve these climate change issues that we're dealing with. Um, but the funny thing is, we, so I just checked, it was literally almost a year ago, a little over a year ago, February 6, 2019, we did, an, we did an after hours and we basically predicted, or we joke, jokingly predicted that Jeff Bezos would buy the Amazon rainforest. Um, as we all know, the Amazon rainforest uh, is not doing too well. It's, it's an endangered mm -hmm. uh, part of the world and I think this is just the beginning. I think it's happening, man. I think it's going to happen. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I mean, <laughs> just a matter of time. Yeah, that be that would be interesting. Yeah, it's crossed his it's crossed his mind. I I would assume at this point because if he's trying to really focus on climate change and he runs Amazon, one can only imagine that the Amazon rainforest has is in the plans. And I was just checking that. I think after that time that we actually did that podcast in like September, October when the Amazon started burning. So this is 2019 or August, September, October, that like fall 2019. There's a bunch of articles about how people were like, Jeff, you got to buy the Amazon. You got to save the Amazon. So honestly, I'm just going to go out and say that we saw this coming before the Amazon saw this coming. So um, shout out to us. Um, so if you guys want to, you know, invest in stocks, let us know about a year in advance and we'll predict it for you. Nice. Yeah, we do these things called unlikely, likely here and there, where we just talk about funny, random stuff that aren't true, and mm -hmm. somehow some of these things come true, like Toys R Us coming back. Yeah. Here's um, something I just came up with, um, I guess, on this topic is, do you think billionaires or even just wealthy people or CEOs or whatever, should they have some sort of involvement in, you know, changing the world and doing better and essentially, you know, using their money for good or... Is it not their responsibility? 
No, I think it's absolutely their responsibility. But why? Why are they so different because than they're, us? The because, plain old peeps. Well, I think that, first of all, they, they're, they, for one person, they have a lot of money, right? And more money than they need. So I think it's like a civic duty. Um, but to, why is their civic duty more than our civic duty? Just because they have more money? Well, their their impact could be a lot greater than ours to a certain extent because, I mean, here here's the richest guy in the world pledging $10 billion. I don't know about you, but I don't have $10 billion. I don't there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things that we could do on a daily basis, um, obviously, like in the, on the topic of climate change, mm-hmm. to be more mindful and, you know, because con- obviously every everything matters. Every little decision we make matters if we're throwing away, you know, clothing or like plastics are not recycled and that kind of stuff single use bottles that really adds you know to the problem but on a global scale 10 billion dollars can go a long way and i think that that'll be really i don't know shitty of someone that has that much money to like not really when there are all these issues happening in the world to not really do something to contribute and what's 10 billion dollars to someone that has like a hundred billion dollars um i mean he's gonna make that money back in like yeah, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but you know, I feel like a lot of these folks get a lot of flack for, um, you know, not, not doing, you know, things to help save the planet or whatever it may be with the, you know, billions and millions of dollars that they have. Um, whereas, you know, I think that you know, regular old people like us who aren't as wealthy, sure, like we don't have the financial means, but you know, why should they be singled out for? not doing something you know i feel like even with jeff bezos i think that and i could be wrong but like there was obviously a lot of pressure from the outside for him to do something like this i don't think he was just sitting around one day and was like i'm gonna help save the planet maybe he was but i also think that a lot of them i think bill gates is definitely a good example of somebody who's you know actively proactively you know wanted to you know prevent a lot of you know world issues and world crises but a lot of others i mean you know jeff bezos is an engineer like not that he's not a smart dude, but he didn't grow up, you know, perhaps knowing a lot of things that, you know, are wrong with the earth and things that can help fix those problems. And sure, he has the money. I just, you know, it was just something I thought about on why we always single them out and we always say, oh, you know, they could be doing more. It's like, sure, you know. They I mean, everyone could more. always be doing more, obviously, yeah. but, and that obviously everyone's a critic and that's just to be expected, but. I don't, I don't, I think that it's warranted. I think that if, if your top three, five, 10, 20, 50 top richest people yeah. in the world, I mean, yeah, you could like not do anything in that, and that's fine too. But if you're Jeff Bezos or like Bill Gates and there's like all this shit happening in the world, you kind of, there's, yeah. it's like expected that you could at least, yeah. uh, you know, contribute. And look, if you do 10 billion, everyone's going to be like why not 15 billion? If you do 5 billion, then yeah. you're going to say why not 10 billion. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's no right or wrong approach. I just I think that there is some sort of there there is a little bit of that accountability that I mm-hmm. think that they hold. Like like anyone should if they're if they find themselves having more money than they need to survive, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, I mean, if you guys have any thoughts on it, let us know. Yeah, what were we talking about before that? Amazon? Or no, we were talking about Jeff Bezos and the Amazon Rainforest? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay, so, so far this year, so I just checked the last time we did an After Hours was in 2019. December 2nd? Yeah, December 2nd. Um, and since then, we've had eight guests. Yeah. Um, and um, 
obviously, you know, it's been amazing. They've been a lot of great guests. We've had Paymon Ruff from Mad Happy, Jacqueline Johnson from Create and Cultivate, Chris Sting from The Infatuation, who was actually from New York. He was visiting here in L.A. And then we had our second married couple, Mark and Ashley Merrill, on the show together. The first was John and Ron Alusian. Edible. Years ago. Not years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically years ago. Yeah, years ago. Um, Nate Checkets Of Roan. JBB. Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. And she was awesome. Yeah, she uh, Lavinia Erico of Equinox and most recently Nick Fouquet of... Nick Fouquet. Nick Fouquet. <laughs> I mean, how much simpler can it get? That one killed it. Killed it. This one last our, episode was probably our one of our best starts to an episode the, yeah, in a long sure. time. It'll probably time. be in our top 10 in a week. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. Like I, yeah, fastest. I knew Nick, I knew Nick like had a big following, but yeah. I didn't know his following was like this much bigger than yeah. a lot of yeah. other guests we've had. So that For was sure. pretty cool. Wasn't yeah. expecting that. For sure. And then we also found out that um, you know we always talk about how much we grow and how you know you know we just like to brag about it because it's just what we like to do. And that's the only way you can grow is to talk about your growth. Um, but uh, we recently found out from an iHeartRadio study that we have iHeartMedia. Is it iHeartMedia? Yeah, iHeartMedia. Oh, that owns iHeartRadio. Uh, that we have 20,000 subscribers. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. That's pretty nuts. So yeah, because, I mean, we years. don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, we don't know. We just found out. For so those interested in starting a podcast, yeah. uh, one piece of um, learnings or whatever, uh, we don't know how many subscribers we have. So yeah. we can't tell who our subscribers are and how many we have. And we, we kind of know where people are listening, but we don't know where they are from or... Anything like that. So that was pretty interesting to hear that we have twenty thousand subscribers. That's that's cool. I mean, it's, it's very. I mean, if, if it's iHeartMedia telling us, then I, I believe him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, iHeartMedia, he better be right. Yeah. Uh, but no, it makes sense. I mean, I think that after two and a half years of constantly putting it out there and you know growing our audience organically, uh, it makes a lot of sense. So you know, we're hoping for bigger and better this year. Hopefully, we can add another zero to that number by the end of the year. You know, I think we have some big guests coming up. So uh, I don't see that. You know being too unreasonable of a goal i think it just kind of comes down to the fact and you know it's a big lesson learned for you know us too we've been doing this for you know since october 2019 no uh, 2017 sorry uh so two and a half years three years yeah two and a half years and we've um, had people from a lot of different industries but yeah. i feel like there's some that we maybe haven't had so if yeah. there's anyone that you guys have in mind um, or like any industries that you guys have in mind that you guys be, would be curious to hear about from the leaders of those spaces, uh, let us know and we'll kind of do our homework and try to find people that fit that description. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I was um, thinking was, you know, we never kind of took a short route, like the shortcut. We never raised money. We never, you know, had money for ads or anything like that. You know, it was always just organic, you know, hitting people up, constantly putting it out there and, you know, Right now, I wouldn't even call this success. I mean, it's successful for us, but, um, you know, getting to this point and getting the people that we have on the show and continue to get, I think it's pretty impressive. And I think it just is a testament to, um, you know, hard work and just short, no shortcuts. Like, yeah, you just have, you know, to, do you just have to do it. Like, there's <laughs> no, I mean, you see all these bullshit stories on, you know, Instagram and Twitter of people who do, you know, seven figures in sales in six months and 10 figures in sales in 12 months or whatever i think we we're talking about this the other day it's like if you're doing that why do you have to like why why are you inclined to tell other people about it like are you that good of a person that no. you you, you want to create a course and tell show other people how to make six figures and like if i if i somehow did something 
in an honest way and made six figures or whatever, seven figures in six months somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't really fucking create like a no ebook and tell other people about it. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. I made money and now let me go do whatever I have to do with I mean, it. When's the last <laughs> time someone read an ebook? <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever read an ebook? Me? Yeah. I don't remember if I've ever read an ebook. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I read a I read a book in PDF format once, but it wasn't like one of those informational ones. Um yeah, no, I don't think I've ever done that before. Yeah. No one's ever I, fucking I, It blows my mind like how I guess I don't know. Are that you think any of these people are successful? No. In that effort? No. Zero percent. Zero percent. So why do they keep doing it then? Why why is it like a thing? Why do why do more and more people keep doing it? I think it's just um they feel good about themselves thinking they wrote a book, but they didn't. They didn't write a book. So I mean it's not about the writing the book part. It's about giving away the tips and tricks and secrets yeah. to becoming a billionaire in six days. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like all these, like you know, you see all these videos too of like you know, you know, growth hacking. It's like you know, the best growth hack is just go fucking work. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. I mean, like you want a growth hack, just keep working, keep doing your thing. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing else. I mean, like there, there's never been a company that I've seen that has quote unquote growth hacked successfully and long-term i mean like we talk about it all the time and i won't call out any specific products or companies right now uh but there are some companies that i see out there and um you know that are doing well supposedly but i mean they have such bad products i mean like objectively bad products and i'm just surprised because i just think that they've raised a lot of money not sure how Maybe because of their founders, or you know, they really did a great job selling, and then they just have a bunch of advertising and marketing, and they they're out there, and people somehow think that it's good. But I do think that you know, you know, those people are going to eventually be. You well, know, you saw what happened with Brandless. Um, yeah, stupid. I mean, to, to to just throw one out there, uh, they, <laughs> I mean, they created a brand with no brand. It was yeah, just called stupid. Brandless. It had no loyalty, no, no nothing whatsoever. No. And I'm not too surprised that they got went bankrupt they had the wrong <laughs> uh premise they thought that people don't want brands they're yeah. wrong people want brands like uh, maybe some people don't want brands but most people want brands like yeah. most people want to trust like the biggest thing well, about a brand is trust i think it also depends on the industry like when you're consuming something putting it in your body you want to do you want a trustable brand <laughs> i don't know right like you don't yeah. if if it's like some random brand that you've never heard of right you might not trust yeah. it as much so i mean i don't know I, I don't blame them for trying but i don't think anyone that i mean softbank <laughs> softbank was uh their investor so i'm not too surprised there either i mean let's just google <laughs> softbank investments and then see how many of those companies are actually doing well well this not. was the well a lot of so recently in the last like five four or five months um many different softbank companies had to lay off a lot of people like we work uh, laid off a lot of people. Um, I think Brandless is like the first co SoftBank invested company that is has gone bankrupt. Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read that somewhere. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it seems like it's a. Uh, here we go. I have some good lists here. SoftBank Group owns stakes. I'm gonna. Just, they own stakes in a bunch of these companies that we're gonna mention. Sprint. They own 85. percent Who just merged with T-Mobile. Both are fucking dead companies. Who uses Sprint and T-Mobile? Who who how, do you know one person that uses either of those companies? Sprint and T-Mobile. I don't. I know a couple of people. Okay. Yeah. So how many? Well, more, hold yeah. on. Like this is the interesting thing about Sprint and T-Mobile, though. <clears throat> 
Um, that deal took a long time to happen because of like yeah, because of like a lot of they, a lot of uh, attorney generals and stuff yeah, were suing. Yeah, for to, like monopoly for, stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's interesting because actually I, I heard this on one of our favorite podcasts. Uh, shout out to Snacks Daily, Robin and Snacks. Um, they were talking about or kind of like dissecting what happened here. And it's interesting because there's arguments for both sides. One of them is that, you know, so there's AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile and Sprint, right? Those are the four mm-hmm. players before this merger. And basically AT&T and Verizon have so much power in the industry that Sprint and T-Mobile as individual companies stood no chance. Like they couldn't even, you know, like it's pretty much AT&T and Verizon setting yeah. the prices and they have to follow and there's much not much they can do. Yeah. So in this case, um, as as they merge, now they're kind of taking a little bit of market share um, away from Verizon or AT&T or that's what we it's think fine. is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actually it's better, they're saying, for consumers. So we'll see. Okay. So we'll see SoftBank. You better start praying. Um, Uber. Yeah. I have no comments. Um, let's see. Snap deal. Never heard of him. Indian e-commerce company based in New Delhi. Fanatics. They're not doing too bad. Uh, WeWork. Oh, my God. What a disaster. <laughs> um, I think there's a movie coming out on WeWork. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. When's that coming one. out? This year? Is that like a Netflix movie or something? Not sure. It's not going to be in theaters or anything. Like it's that. not? No, I don't think so. I think it's like one of those. Perfect. Perfect. Do you think WeWork will exist in 10 years? Um, okay, good question. Mm, my short answer is yes. WeWork the company. Yeah, WeWork the company, I think yes. WeWork as it is, no. I think the only way WeWork exists is if they own the properties that... Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, they don't own anything. No. They don't own that right now. So what's stopping... What's, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nothing. They can easily just tank. Yes, because they don't. They're not. They're not sitting on a bunch of real estate. Uh, no, it's just a brand. It's just a brand. That's it. Yeah, there's nothing else. It, they're 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 a company who's sub who's who's leasing to sublease, right? Yep. Essentially, mm-hmm. no, not that's, even essentially. That's literally that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah I mean that's literally. So it's like are. you right now buying um, a property uh, that has like ten different units yep. and subleasing it. Well, that that would be the well, no, that would be the I would be leasing it. Sorry, yeah, exactly. You leasing I would a make property. More money. Yes. Which is what that's the business. A model. lot of developers are doing. Yeah. The only thing is there's no brand affinity. Right. So we work as a brand established. So the only thing I can see them doing is them developing their own properties or acquiring companies. They have to become a commercial real estate company. Yeah. Which we already work, exists. If McDonald's is in the real estate business, right. you should be in the real estate like, business. No, but McDonald's, for example, like, see, like McDonald's would be a good acquirer of WeWork, for example, <laughs> because they can just, just fully stock McDonald's in all their kitchens. No, no, no. Not even that. They would convert the McDonald's locations into WeWorking spaces as well. Why would they do that? McDonald's is killing it. Why not? I don't know. Is WeWork? You think WeWork's a good business model? Uh, I like the I th- I like the office share model for sure. I just think that that's becoming the norm, like more yeah, and more. Yeah, for sure. With remote work and all that kind of stuff, it's just. But that always there's existed. Gonna be so many of those where I don't know if there's some sort such thing as brand affinity in this case. I think there is a little bit. Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, think I think I think it's more like what's convenient and what's a decently what's what's affordable. Like it's what's not brand affinity, but it's brand awareness. For example, like you know the Kleenexes of the world or whatever. Like you know, co-working space as we work, even if it's not we work. If it's like you know, if it's a uh, I don't. Do you? Or, I don't. 
I think so. I mean, like, I'm not thinking about cross campus. I don't call it like, or... oh, there's a WeWork right there, but it's not WeWork. It's just a co-working space. I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't either. It's a co-working space. I wouldn't either. But I think they were like a first mover. But it's like let's go to a WeWork. I mean, it's like at that point, it's like you assume like yeah, sure, WeWork or just like any co-working space. Yeah. But I think that there's something there in terms of the concept, which is not a new concept, by it's the way. It's not. Just put a brand it on existed it. before. Yeah, of course. They just it did. branded it like that. Yeah, of course. It's a cool concept, though. Like again, like going into when I went to cross campus recently, like yeah, you know, same. Th- I mean, just same thing. I think it's just pricier. Plus, it's not cheap, like right. at all, to like have one of these spaces. Um, but you know, anyways. But I don't think they will exist in the current way they do exist. Um. I do think there's something about them, though, and the amount of following they have. That's cool. I mean, we've both been in WeWorks, and it's really cool. Like, it's a cool concept. It is. Yeah. It is. And there's a lot of legit companies at current WeWorks. Like, yeah, I just um, don't. I just don't know if WeWork is gonna be like the market leader in this space of co-working spaces. It's just, it it could very well be somebody else. It could be someone else that owns a bunch of real estate right now that converts a lot of their, um, you know, unused, whatever buildings. Like, dude, as like autonomous cars and that kind of stuff becomes more of the norm a lot of these parking lots are gonna have to convert into something you know and they own the land <laughs> so i imagine like anyone can just come in and become a better profitable we work style company yeah so i don't know yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them but i mean again same problem with cross campus and what's that other one that just opened up or there's a bunch of industrious locations. industrious yeah there's so many there's of them. a bunch of them there's that yeah. one that uh alexis ohanian is an investor and scooter braun is an investor yeah, in, yeah, yeah. um tree house something tree house but that's different that's like it's like a whole playground type thing but there's like one of those but yeah we'll see they also so there's softbank still slack it's a big one um compass slack is killing company. it yeah slack's killing they just it. got ibm as a client which yeah. is there's a lot of people that work for ibm so. yeah and then um yeah i mean they have a few other companies as well but not doing so hot so if you get an investment from Spa, softbank probably won't be existing soon so um <laughs> or maybe half the time right. you might not be existing but the other half you might be a unicorn and just murder it exactly so <laughs> um yeah that's soft bank for you well how do we even get to this topic um i have no idea yeah i don't know either but um soft bank what a crazy company uh, anything you want to talk about in terms of the guests we had on the show or just, I mean, I mean, all, we've definitely had cool. a very diverse group of people, um, in terms of, you know, backgrounds, I think from the list that we read off earlier, probably one of the most interesting ones for me was Lavinia Erico, you know, founder of Equinox. Yeah. Um, I, I love that one because yeah. she's someone that isn't super like, hasn't been super out there, like in yeah. terms of being on a bunch of different shows and podcasts to talk about her story. I, I mean, I, she definitely has, but it, it's, you know, it's not as commonly known her story. So I think um, that was really cool to get her on the show. For sure. Yeah, that was, I mean, the best part about it was the fact that, like, she wasn't necessarily an entrepreneur. I mean, she was when she started Equinox, but she wasn't before that. She really started Equinox with her brothers because they wanted something better. Um, I was talking to a few people from New York, and they said that, like, it was like a need. It wasn't like a, like a want. It wasn't like something that they wanted to do. Like, it, it, like New York needed Equinox. Right, but there's a lot of things that people need. It's just not easy to start it up, and they did it. They just, yeah. I mean, who, like how, if you think about just starting a gym, there's so many costs involved with it, and you don't even know if people are going to come. And yeah, it's it's a risk. It's not it's not like a tech startup where you could kind of, you know, defer making money and that kind of stuff. 
in the beginning like you have costs you have utilities you have rent whatever it might be so yeah um they took a big risk but it paid off yeah it did so and it's crazy because you know she's no longer running equinox but um she still had a lot of love for it and just everything she, that she had done and it was always it was also like a good reminder of like for me where you know i always you know liked the idea of starting a business and you know running it and the creative aspect of that but i personally don't think like lavinia i have any interest in like you know once i do that if the business does grow like to become like this corporate you know founder ceo like that's not something that interests me per se like i'm definitely much more interested in the beginning stages and building the company and getting it to a place where you know there are systems in place but i wouldn't i'm not the systems person i'm not i'm not very like into that so you know i, I think I most people most entrepreneurs who found companies probably aren't but there there are certain companies or you know instances where you just might want to like you Perhaps. never know you know there's so much to still do you know you know it's like yes if it gets to the point where i don't know for whatever reason there's not much more to do then yeah, yeah but yeah i mean i think they made a good decision i think um obviously since then to sell the is, company yeah 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 for sure i mean person like personally i don't know about like um you know financially or professionally or whatever yeah. it seems like i'm sure they're all doing a, doing great uh but definitely a great concept and it's one of those where it's like everyone knows equinox um but we had never known i mean we knew but like we never knew who the founder was like you never really hear about it you don't even know who owns it now most people don't know who owns equinox now they just they just think it's equinox um so it's interesting how they've like really taken the personal stuff out of the company which i think it has been difficult for a lot of companies these days you know we work being a great example um but it's just, I mean, obviously an amazing business. I mean, an amazing brand, and um, they just continue to grow. Like, yeah. um, but that getting was into, definitely interesting. getting into hotels now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they are they are a very luxury company, so I'm not surprised. But that was definitely one of my favorite ones. Not that the rest weren't great, but I thought that that was one of my favorites because I legitimately had no idea about her story. Um, and then you know, a lot of other good good ones here. I think. I think uh, Nick's. Nick was similar too. Like he yep. wasn't an entrepreneur either. He just yep. started making hats and yep. ended up becoming the guy, the <laughs> yeah. guy for hats. hats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and these are like cow. For those who haven't heard it yet, these are like the kind of cowboy-looking hats. Yeah, that yeah, more of that. Really, you might have seen celebrities and stuff wear it here and there. Really yeah, stylish Pharrell, hats. Lady Gaga. Who yeah. else? There's a few others. Recently, somebody else wore it. At you the mentioned Oscars. like Bob, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um. Really yeah, nice at the Oscars, someone wore it. Who was it? I forget. Yeah, it's just, again, time and time again, I think it's a reminder of, and again, a lot of founders don't necessarily, you know, follow this, but I think Lavinia did. I think Nick Fouquet did. I think Jenny Britton Bauer did, um, you know, the last three episodes that we did. Um, they just followed what they liked. I mean, literally, like Jenny with ice cream, Lavinia with fitness, and Nick with, you know, eventually hats. Um they just did it not necessarily expecting insane success but achieving insane success i mean those three have massive brands and a massive following um the companies that they've built um which is what anybody really hopes to do when they start a company but i do think sometimes a lot of people set out to you know we're gonna build the biggest company in the world i don't think any of those people a lot of those people that we've interviewed haven't but specifically those three people i don't think 
ever in their story they mentioned to us like we want to build like this big company or like we want to achieve success like with lavinia i think one of the best things she said was like we were just doing yeah. like we were just like doing our best like we were doing like it didn't feel like work we were just like we were just doing and like we didn't even know what we were doing half the time but we were just doing it you know or with jenny like she was serving ice cream you know and then jenny's story i love jenny's story because yeah. hers like she's one resilient person like it's crazy yeah. like you the, the the average person being in her shoes probably wouldn't have continued doing what she's doing but she just loved it so much that yeah. she just kept going back you know even though her business failed once she went mm -hmm. back started again her business almost completely crumbled yeah. um and she went back and did it again mm -hmm. now now mm -hmm. they're massive like they're everywhere i'm sure you've yeah, probably seen a jenny's ice cream somewhere if you're listening sure, um, i want jenny's ice cream right now yeah yeah so that one's a good one if you haven't heard that one please listen to it trust me it's yeah, a yeah. good story. and look they're all good i think we're just calling out the most three recent ones because we remember those the most because it was yeah. the three most recent ones yeah uh, yeah every founder hour the founder hour episode is great yeah. so. <laughs> it was also cool in these last eight episodes two of our founders chris thing and nate trekitz weren't la-based founders they were new york-based founders who happened to be in LA. So for the PR people listening to this episode, do not pitch us someone that is in New York but cannot come out to LA. We will not be doing interviews that are over the phone or over Skype or Zoom. Yeah, in All of our interviews personal. are done in person. That's it. That was just my one angry moment. It wasn't even that angry. It was just... I, elevated I got numbers. a little scared, but that's, I know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I love the I love the PR people that we deal with. I mean, um, I really do. You know, it's it's. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I think that um, they bring me some sort of um, joy and some sort of. Um, they're challenged sometimes, obviously, uh, but you know it comes with the territory. Obviously, they're protecting their clients and they have their clients' best interests in mind, and we have, you know, our best interests in mind. Um, but it works out well. I mean, and a lot of them, like we've established great relationships with, and you know, uh, time and time again, they contact us with a lot of great guest suggestions, and um, you know, it's been great. And uh, we would have never thought that that day would come because, like, you know, we used to just cold email like every day. Yeah, that's one thing. Recently, as you know, we get into the you know episode one hundred and fifty or whatever, yeah. and, like we've done all these episodes and dealt with all these PR companies. One thing I've noticed, obviously, is. Um, you over time you build these relationships where yeah. you don't have to do as much of that cold yeah. reach out right. like try to get this person or that person like we've got some we got a couple inbound requests recently that are massive big like huge like people that we like hadn't Barack even thought Obama about status <laughs> but I not mean, Barack Obama not quite um, but I mean hey man but so pretty big and like that just goes to show that you know no matter like no matter what you do whatever industry you're in just just respect people. You know, even yeah. if even if they're not respectful, just yeah. respect them. It's been tough. It's been tough, but hey, you know, <laughs> just, just respect people and and treat them well. A couple of well times, I have definitely not been respectful. <laughs> I mean, it was a very one of those times was warranted. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, and actually brings that brings another topic um, up that one thing that we talk about, and actually we were on a. We had an interview. We were we were getting interviewed. Um, we got by, interviewed by Larry King. By no no, no it was by uh, we're on Laura Laura's show, and she had asked us like, "What's one thing that you've learned or realized talking to all these founders?" And at the time, like my answer wasn't too well thought out because I hadn't really had a t t time to think about it. But one thing that I definitely noticed is how the most successful people in their field like the most like and and anyone would consider them successful you just know who these people are um are like the most grounded like nice respectful people mm -hmm. and 
a lot of, and, and I'm not saying that like they like if you're not that person, you're not you know most people aren't respectful like they are. But I've noticed more and more that there are people that are sort of haven't really made it yet, and they're still kind of in that grind that treat people like shit for no reason. And and it's like, what's your excuse? You know, if if these like super successful people are so kind, what's your excuse? You don't have an excuse. So yeah, one, I, that's I, one I, thing I've noticed I, for sure. I think it's I don't think it's an excuse, but I think that the one excuse that they make is that, you know, we're in hustle mode and we don't really have time for this stuff. Um, but I think that that's the bad, that's a bad mentality for sure. It's not even that it's a little bit more like what, like, like just showing that you're interested in like, for example, like if we're, if we're like interviewing people and they're mm. not like, they don't really give a fuck who we are. Like yeah. they just interview, get in, get out. No, and look, no, no it's a numbers game. Like that's gonna happen. There's that many shitty people in the world, like for sure. Uh, but um, also, I think that what's propelled us is the people that you just described, which you know, see our hustle um, because it reminds them of their hustle. I think that those that are ultra successful, because uh, I was thinking about this the other day, um, they don't forget. I, th- I really don't think they forget yeah. um, the hard times. I think that a lot of people that reach it goes back to the point of like you know, just there's no like growth hack it's just like get it done and you know work hard i think that those that have reached that level of success that you know we know who they are and we talk about them and we look up to them they put in the hard work it wasn't it wasn't fun for them it wasn't easy for them yeah so when they see us doing what we're doing and you know you know being professionals and whatnot and and same for other people that are professionals and respectful um those folks will recognize you and they'll help you get there faster like that's the growth hack is like, you know, if you get to those relationships of people who, you know, know more than you, know more people than you, you know, you know, have a lot more experience that can help kind of guide you and propel you to something bigger and better. Like those are the people that are going to recognize you. Like those that are in hustle mode aren't necessarily going to help you out, which is fine. I mean, like, I think you just have to accept it and move on. I don't think it's not about that though, man. If you're in hustle mode, I think I, I I would expect those people to be a little bit more mindful of that than even the people that are super like those people that are super successful. They don't have to give you the time of day. I mean, they don't have to. They don't, but they want to. It's the same reason, like you know, we discussed with the Bezos, like you know, ten billion dollar Earth Fund. It's like um, they don't have to do anything. I think, but because they're in a position where they can, I think that you know they do. I think everyone can, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. That's my. Opinion. I think everyone can. It's more I like don't think there's an excuse. To. I don't think there's an excuse. Yeah, I mean there is. I don't it. give a fuck if you're in hustle mode. Like, yeah. just yeah, I mean, treat everyone with respect. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially people that you know. And, and I'm just you know, we're talking general here. But if like someone wants to ask you a question or is interested, is curious about something or wants your advice on something or whatever it might be, like they're not asking much of you, but they're showing some genuine interest. Or like, yeah. if we're interviewing you or whatever it might be, like. I think I think everyone yeah. I think everyone deserves some level of No, that. I agree. I agree and again like I think that you know the universe finds its way to reward the people that, you know, do things the right way and um you know they don't skip out and they don't, you know, take the sh- take the easy way out um and the ones that are respectful and try to help, you know, build others while they're building themselves um you know and there's a lot of great examples from you know the people that we've sat down with and a lot of like events that we're going to be doing this coming year that you know will you know show that the yeah. people that you know are you know quote unquote the biggest or most successful um will do more 
even yeah. after they're successful because I think it's part of your DNA. I think that, um, you know, once you see success, I think success is very addicting. Um, like, you know, getting those wins, like you just want to continue winning. And, um, but again, it's how you define a win. I think that a lot of successful di- people, you know, have a very different meaning of wins and like small things for them are wins, but very, very, very small wins can lead to very small wins, can lead to small wins, can lead to small wins, can lead to small wins to big wins. Um, so that's how they view things. I think that's how I've started to view things more too, is like even the littlest things that aren't like not a big deal. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's a win, right? Because then that puts me in the right mindset to get another win. Yeah, I mean, that's that's generally the way it works. Yeah, but that's how successful yeah. people, are, people are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why they are okay to, you know, you know, be more respectful and be more helpful because for them, that's also a win. Uh, seeing and helping people in hustle mode for them is uh, a positive thing. It's a win for sure. Like, you know, one name that comes to mind for sure is like Lavinia, uh, who will be doing something with soon. Yeah. Um, but again, she doesn't have to help us. She doesn't have to you know, even converse with us after our interview. But she understands what we're doing. She understands the bigger vision. And because she wants to and can, I think that she is. Um, but that's why I think, you know, it's it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking back, that's probably why Equinox succeeded because she had she always had that mentality. People don't change. Right. Like people are going to be the way they are from eighteen to twenty five to forty five to seventy five. It's like that. So. It's like that quote we see everywhere, and I think there's like one on Instagram where it's like Tom Hardy's face, and I don't know if he said it, but it's like treat the janitor like the CEO or something yeah, like that. It's exactly. like you know you just treat everyone with that same same level of respect, and 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 believe it or not, you see that that's not very common. Like it doesn't. Not everyone's like that. Not everyone acts that way even successful people some some people that are yeah for sure i mean again like not the mega successful people but like pretty successful people you just wonder like how did they get to where they are by treating people like shit or maybe they're just selective with something it. will catch up to them yeah well so yeah so and rant there i don't know how we got into yeah, that that was but, a big uh, rant over there um, basically don't be a fucking idiot basically um, that's what yeah, that's, we're trying to say you know i'm sure people that hear this know who we're talking about um but, but you know um we've done i mean again in two and a half years we've interviewed 130 people um you know i would say 125 of them have been fantastic <laughs> and um yeah. again like it's a numbers game like some people are just not fantastic uh and it's fine you know lesson learned and you know you learn from everything and everyone and you know, even again, like the this past weekend, like had a conversation with a bunch of different people that are you know listeners of the show that I ran into, and um, I love how um, they're like emotional about the founder hour, like in in the sense that like they listen to the conversation, they disagree with certain things that some founders are saying or doing, but that's what we want. Like, don't listen to this show and don't listen to the founders and take their advice for like either for truth or as like Bible, right? Like, yeah. question it, like. Don't necessarily believe everything they're saying. Don't not believe everything they're saying either, right? Like take it with a grain of salt and apply that to yourself with your own, you know, with your own way of doing it. Like just because this ultra successful person said something worked for them, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you and your personality and the way you live. Like maybe you're, you take things a lot slower. Maybe you take things a lot faster. Maybe you're much more emotional, much less logical, whatever it may be, right? Just take it as a story, critique it. And be like thoughtful about it. Be again, like be critical. Like we're not doing this show to like you know persuade someone to do something in a certain way. Or yeah, like tell people what the right way. to No, there is no is. right way. Like honestly, fifty percent of the time, I disagree. Well, with if you li- well, say. if you listen to like a lot of the episodes, like there there isn't one 
thing that everyone did that made him got you know like made him successful or whatever yeah. everyone has a different yeah. opinion or way of going about things and yeah. a lot of times they contradict like one yeah. person's what one, one person said is contradictory of what another person said and yeah. that's cool that's interesting totally and i mean like again that's why you know it's been interesting for us to to like do this uh, and continue doing it but i think also for the people that continue listening to us there's always something new to be gained from it because you know what our most recent guest said could have been completely different than what a guest before them said and now you're like wait so which one's right well that's exactly the debate that we want to be sparking in your head uh is you know okay like do we go raise money? Do we go bootstrap and borrow money from a family or friend member, you know, family member or friend and like put that in and start a business that way? Like, you know, there's no right answer, right? Like both work, both don't work. Might be, maybe there's some other option that we haven't even thought about, you know? So those are the things that I think that we want to be putting out through this show. Um, and hopefully, you know, doing these live events and connecting more with, you know, our founders with our guests are something that we can do now that, you know, the podcast is growing. And now that, you know, we've had so many conversations and, you know, we personally learned so much and you've learned a lot. I mean, I talked to the, our friends and, you know, our listeners and clearly they've become a lot more educated about just business and just this, you know, the industry in general, yeah. depending on what it is. Yeah. If you're like me, like I'm some, I'm somebody that really learns from other people's stories. Like yeah. I love reading auto, like autobiographies yeah. and biographies. I really learn from that, those. And, and I love it because it's not, again, it's not something that is like, this is how you should go about life. This is how you should do this. This is how you should do mm -hmm. that. It's straight up someone's story. And, and if you take something away from it, that's awesome. And you can apply it to your life. That's yeah. cool. And not, not everything applies, you know, and everyone's different. So I love re learning from people's stories. And I, when I think back to like all the people we've talked to and how much I've learned, it's definitely a lot more than I learned in college, for sure, yeah, for about sure. business, yeah. about starting a, a, a business, a company and, and navigating it and what makes people successful versus not all that kind of stuff is something yeah. we've learned. And, and that's the same content that we're putting out there for you guys. So, mm -hmm. so listen to the episodes as much as you can and give us your feedback. But yeah. uh, you know, I would think if, if we've learned something yeah. that, that, that you guys will too. The best kind of, you know, and it's funny because before I say what I was about to say, um, you know, I know that you, there's a lot of listeners out there and a lot of you guys listen on Apple podcasts. So, um, go leave us a rating, go leave us a review, um, because that helps out a lot. Literally in the last, I think two weeks, just from us putting it on the podcast, like we've gotten dozens of reviews, dozens of ratings, and that helped, you know, raise our numbers in the charts. I think we were like top 50 in a few countries, including the U S. So actually I, I re recently read that Apple's algorithm is changing again is based on ratings and reviews, but the main thing is subscriptions. So believe it or not, yeah, a lot of people aren't subscribed to like the shows that they listen to. So yeah. um, check that out. If, if, if you're not subscribed, yeah. click that purple subscribe button because yeah. that's what really helps the most. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, ratings and reviews definitely help. Um, and we definitely want to uh, create dialogue over email too. So mm. um, sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, that, that, the email has been doing great. I think that yeah. we have a few thousand people on there right now. So um you know if you want you know forward our emails to friends that you know if you find something interesting or there's an interesting guest on there that you think somebody's gonna want to listen to send it over their way and you know let them let them find out about it and you know that's the only way that we can grow i mean that's really and you know one the one thing i was gonna say um was i think a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week ago a college friend of mine uh texted me and said basically that the founder hour is like his like education 
like his like you know business education um which which is pretty crazy because i really think cool. that um i think it's true i mean I, I agree with him um i think it's my business education too or has been yeah um and i well, think that, i love that because yeah. as education becomes more expensive like, yeah. f- like formal like yeah. education becomes yeah. so expensive and yeah. um in a way elitist like it's not 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 everyone can afford to go to right. college unfortunately right. so things like this like podcasts that are free to listen to mm-hmm. and you know it's cool to make be part of that impact for sure right. and again like there's things like master classes and stuff that again are i think we're all in the same direction right yeah. like you know using content as education and um you know there's again certain things that are harder to teach over a podcast or you know a show but i would say for the most part you know entrepreneurship for example isn't something that you need to sit down in a classroom um, and I think there is a way for even a podcast like ours to eventually make it interactive and, you know, bring the thing about entrepreneurship physically. is, man, you just, you just have to have the work ethic and be ready to just grind your ass off. Yeah. And all you just, all you need is inspiration, man. All you, all you need is just to stay in tip top shape when it comes to like your creativity and your ideas yeah. and that kind of stuff. Because once you have that idea, it's all about execution. And, and if you believe in yourself that you can execute and you're willing to work your ass off that's all it takes that's really all it takes yeah so so i think that podcasts are really the best form of education for folks who want to be entrepreneurs because there isn't a like curriculum that's gonna Mm -hmm. teach you how to be an entrepreneur it's it's really like staying inspired and learning from people's stories and just hearing about staying on top of what's going on in the world and um where the world is going like what uh what what um Paul Graham of Y Combinator says is you know live in the future and build what's interesting or what's missing you know and that's really what you what what entrepreneurs do yes sir before we sign off you know it's going to sound a little arrogant but i have this like deep feeling that before 2020 ends that the founder hour is going to be a massive show okay Just before 2020 ends or the 2020s end 2020. Okay. Uh, 2020. So before 2021. Before 2021. It's going to be a massive show. Massive show. What, what's massive? It's going to be, uh, it's gonna be, it's going to be um, how should I put this? I wouldn't call it as big as Jeopardy. Oh, but you started with the Joe. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were talking about Joe Rogan. No, no, no. We're talking Jeopardy. I, I would say that it's going to be one of the top entrepreneurship podcasts in the world. Oh, that would be um, cool. Like consistently top one to five um but 10 months yeah but here's (laughs) why i'm saying that i don't want people to become fans of ours like too late in the game right i want people to have build like equity with us Mm. to say you know i listened to these guys when they were nothing yeah right like i I, like i like that when like i was listening to let's say yeah no one because it's always been after the fact so actually how i built this was pretty small so there's sweat equity Exactly. What would we call this? Audible equity? Exactly. Um, <laughs> where you get nothing except just satisfaction. Yeah. To say, oh, yeah, I knew Pat and Posh before, like, you know, they were sitting down with presidents because that's what's going to happen in 2021 when we have the probably same president. But that's a whole different issue. Um, but anyways, point being, do me a favor. If you've gotten to this point of the podcast, if you're driving, don't do this until you stop driving. Just draft a quick text. It says, hey, name a friend. This is a podcast I've been listening to for several years now. These guys are about to pop off. Check them out. Here's a link to the podcast. That's it. Verbatim. Verbatim. Just literally keep listening (laughs) to my voice, that soothing voice of mine, until you get it down. 
and text at least five friends. Not only is that going to help us grow, which we would be very thankful for, I also think your friends are going to be very thankful for the fact that they knew about yeah, us and if you're before wondering, we were big. And if you're wondering why we push this so much <laughs> and why other podcasters push this so much, I can't speak for other podcasters because I don't know what they do, but we don't make money off this thing. Like We're just purely trying to put out value. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're purely trying to put out value. So as much as you can do to help us reach more people, that's really all we would ever ask of you. Um, so we really appreciate it. I mean, yeah, because look, we're going to get to the point that the, every episode is going to start off with, this episode is brought to you by American Express, your number one credit card for all your purchasing and needs. And let me tell you this right now, we've had those opportunities. <laughs> but not that. with American Express. Not with American Express. Um, <laughs> we've had it with like fucking Canadian Express. slowdown. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? uh, yeah, but we haven't done it. Yeah. So. yeah cause until, until it happens, I don't know if it'll happen, but... Uh, <laughs> Just help us out here. But yeah, I don't know how else to beg, but like we need to <laughs> get on your like, knees. If 20,000 people texted five people, that's 100,000 people. The power of numbers. That's it. So it's like, again, and I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting all 20,000 of our subscribers to do it. I'm obviously not. But like, you know, again, even that slow growth is going to really help us accelerate because we have a lot of big guests coming up. And I want you guys to find out who those guests are from us. And not from the guests. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Because there That's is a good some goal to have. There is something, huh? It's a good goal to have. For sure. I mean, like, look, if we do get Barack, I don't want you guys to find out from Barack. I want you guys to find out from us that we got Barack. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying we're gonna get Barack. I'm not saying we already got Barack. <laughs> or we already talked to Barack. Exactly. So again, that's it for me. That's it for me too. This was another segment of the after hours. We'll see you guys next week.